Today from the Global Lane, aggressive actions from China's military, tensions with the U.S. remain high. Could war be coming? War could actually come at any time. You know, someone just makes a mistake of judgment because these Chinese maneuvers are extremely dangerous. And if a Chinese pilot makes a mistake, there will be a collision. America's China policy decisions may be corrupted by business interest and influence peddling. The Chinese regime has shoveled billions of dollars into the Biden family. Um, these are circumstances that suggest corruption. Um, so yeah, probably China does believe it can get what it wants. Anti-Christian bias is on full display at an Indianapolis university. When it really comes down to it, the professor was accusing Christians of being uh, oppressors because they're in a majority. And free speech under assault. A Pennsylvania street preacher is arrested at a gay pride rally. And it's all right here on the Global Lane. Military tensions are rising between the United States and China. On display, aggressively risky behavior from China's air force in the South China Sea. And more recently against the U.S. Navy in the Taiwan Strait. Dale Hurd brings us details. New video today shows just how close a Chinese warship came to a U.S. Navy destroyer in the Taiwan Strait Saturday, some 150 yards, nearly causing a collision. Just last week, a Chinese fighter jet flew within 400 feet of an American spy plane over the South China Sea, causing the U.S. plane to bounce wildly in the fighter jet's wake. U.S. officials called the maneuver unnecessarily aggressive and part of a pattern by China. Retired Rear Admiral Mark Montgomery told CBN's Faith Nation China's actions are ramping up tensions. This is the second very, very close intercept in the last six months of one of these types of aircraft. So really unprofessional actions uh, by the Chinese. China fashions itself a, a great power and then operates petulantly like this. It really creates a crisis. The risky engagements come as the relationship between the two countries has begun to fray with disagreements over everything from trade to Taiwan to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in Singapore warned the Chinese government to rein in its conduct and offered them a choice. To be clear, we do not seek conflict or confrontation, but we will not flinch in the face of bullying or coercion. China's defense minister told the U.S. to, quote, mind your own business, and called the American and Canadian military presence in the Taiwan Strait a provocation. The chairman of the House Intelligence Committee says the U.S. must stand strong against an increasingly aggressive China. This is unacceptable. And what we're seeing is an unbelievable aggression by China. If you look at the balloon that flew over the United States, the Chinese police stations, the aggressiveness against our uh, both planes and ships and international water. The White House is looking for a diplomatic fix to the worsening relations sending a senior State Department official on a rare visit to Beijing. Biden administration officials should stop chasing after their Chinese communist counterparts like love-struck teenagers. It's embarrassing and it's pathetic. In fact, it projects weakness to China. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says the Biden administration will responsibly manage its relationship with China, and at some point, Joe Biden will meet again with China's President Xi. Dale Hurd, CBN News. Where will all of this lead? Well, author China expert Gordon Chang believes the CCP is preparing for war. Gordon, it's good to talk with you again. So these aggressive moves, you believe they go far beyond just warning the U.S. to back off on Taiwan. So how close to war are we? 
War could actually come at any time. We've got um, ships and planes maneuvering very close to each other in international airspace and international waters. You know, someone just makes a mistake of judgment because these Chinese maneuvers are extremely dangerous. And if a Chinese pilot makes a mistake, there will be a collision. You know, at this time, China is preparing for war. It's engaged in not only the fastest military buildup since the Second World War, but it's also trying to sanction-proof itself. It's stockpiling grain. It's purging officers who are opposed to war. And it's mobilizing China's civilians for war. So this is an incredibly consequential moment. Yes, as you mentioned, one little mistake, like a collision, that, that Navy ship was only 150 yards away. So Li Shangfu, China's defense minister, says war with the United States would be, quote, an unbearable disaster. Does this mean, Gordon, that there are differences of opinion in the CCP about this aggressiveness? Is he expressing a legitimate concern of some Chinese officials? Your thoughts? Well, I think what they're trying to do is to intimidate the United States by telling us how bad the consequences are. You know, there are some differences, which is the reason why there is that purge of the military. Um, but we know that Xi Jinping um, has some very, very belligerent views on things. And that's what's driving this right now. Uh, also, inside China, um, there are crises. And I think that the Chinese leader believes that his way out of this is to create friction with a foreign country, which you know, could be us, could be Japan, could be Taiwan, um, could be anybody. Well, I want to explore that a little bit more in a moment. But I want to ask you about Lee also telling the U.S. to back off from Taiwan because he said, quote, it's none of Washington's business. He's refusing to hold military discussions. So what do you make of that? Will China talk? It's, it seems like they've had no problem talk, uh, talking to our CIA director, Burns, in China last month. Well, China will talk when it wants to talk, and it won't talk when it, uh, when it doesn't. And right now, we have a situation where China is holding out the prospect of communication in order to get the U.S. not to do things. Um, and so this is a time-honored Chinese delay tactic to prevent us from imposing costs on an unacceptable Chinese behavior. And by the way, it's working on the Biden administration, so why shouldn't China continue with this belligerent conduct? We are giving them incentives to act even more provocatively. This is horrible policy on our part. Well, you talked about some problems that C is, is facing. The National Review just published an article contending that China is actually growing weaker their economy is not as strong as they've led the world to believe. They have major problems coming over lost population, not enough workers, not enough energy and water. And those are big issues. And, and you wrote a book, I remember, about 20 years ago about the coming collapse of China. So is it still coming? Are we seeing this reaction from a regime that is lashing out in the face of collapse? Yeah, they've got internal problems right now. So, for instance, continuing debt defaults, plunging property prices, a stagnant or even contracting economy, worsening food shortages, deteriorating environment, failing local governments, and they still haven't gotten past COVID-19. Now, in 2001, I thought the party would fail in a decade. Um, fortunately for the party, the 2008 downturn gave them um, a new lease on life. But yes, right now, China's facing problems for which Xi Jinping is being blamed and uh, for which he has no answer. So that's why I think that he could very well lash out against us or somebody else. 
And a weak China means a more dangerous one, I believe. So more with Gordon Chang in a moment with a look at China and Biden family business dealings and Elon Musk's latest China visit. Uyghurs expressed outrage in front of the White House. Gordon Chang is with us again. These recent aggressions, Gordon, over the South China Sea and in the Taiwan Strait came after that meeting with CIA Director Burns. So do the Chinese perceive weakness here? How much do Chinese concerns over the House GOP revelations about alleged Biden family business dealings with China have to do with any of this? Anything? Well, certainly they perceive weakness. I mean, they flew that very large object over the United States in January and February, surveying our nuclear weapons sites. So that's a sign of utter disrespect for the U.S. And, you know, it's always hard to try to parse through their incentives and their assessments. But uh, we know that the Chinese regime has shoveled millions of dollars into the Biden family. Um, these are circumstances that suggest corruption. Um, so, yeah, probably China does believe it can get what it wants. This was the message of academic Di Dongsheng in November 2020 when he said after the election, um, after our election, that China is going to be able to once again determine outcomes at the highest level of, of the political system in the United States. They think that they can get what they want. It's, it's clear. They actually tell us. And they are doing it, are they not? I mean, we see it in social media and how they affected the last election. Well, they've affected the last election. And right now, um, China's most famous propagandist uh, um, a couple days ago actually issued a death threat to American crews. Um, so they're getting quite bold. And the Uyghur-led protest uh, outside the White House this week, uh, they were outraged over Elon Musk's recent visit to China and his factory in Shanghai. Musk is looking to expand his Tesla electric car manufacturing business in China. And the Uyghurs say that the lithium batteries, or the lithium that's being used for batteries, is mined in Xinjiang, the East Turkestan region of China where they live. Uh, the Chinese government will force their people to provide the slave labor, they say, for that lithium. So your thoughts on that, Gordon? Well, we know from a study done by Jewish World Watch that every solar panel that comes from China is made with, uh, uh, sorry, from Xinjiang, the northwestern part of China where the Uyghurs live, is made with uh, slave or forced labor. And that's where most of, almost 100% of China's solar panels come from. So I'm not surprised that lithium batteries are also made with forced and slave labor. And yes, this is wrong. Um, and we should be preventing the importation into the United States of any product that is made with forced or slave labor. That's our Tariff Act of 1930, and that's also the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. And these acts are not being enforced. So whether it's Elon Musk or anyone, right? That's right. And, and this is wrong. Um, also, we're a party to the Genocide Convention of 1948, which requires us to prevent and to punish acts of genocide, which is what is occurring in Xinjiang. And that's according to the Blinken State Department, acts of genocide. So we have an obligation under that convention to prevent that. And we're not doing it. Okay, Gordon, finally, what will it take to avert war then with China? As Chinese Defense Minister Li says, it would be an unbearable disaster thrust on the world. What do you think? Um, I think that there will be war unless something changes because there is a firm, there is a clear momentum towards it. And what it's going to require is a show of strength by the United States. And the Biden administration so far does not want to do that. They're pursuing policies that led up to Russia's invasion of Ukraine 
There was a failure of deterrence then, and we can see failures of deterrence now, and God knows what's going to happen. So do you expect it with this president, or can we delay it until we get a new president in office? Well, you know, this president just has to change his policies. Um, so I, I don't know what the deliberations are in the White House, but uh, clearly Biden has been applying, consistently applying policies that are making war not only possible, but likely. So probably the answer to your question is we need a new president. Okay, Gordon Chang, we appreciate you sharing your insights. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you very much, Gary. Anti-Christian bigotry on full display at another American university. This time it's Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. The campus hallway display is entitled Understanding Christian Privilege. Well, here to explain is campus reform correspondent Jacob Stewart. Jacob, it's good to have you with us. So I'm privileged to be saved by the grace of Christ, but I don't quite think this is what the lecturer at IUPUI was sharing on that campus hallway display. So who is this professor? What did she want us to understand? Yeah, unfortunately not. So this professor, uh, she's a lecturer of Native American and Indigenous Studies. Her name's Charlie Champion Shaw. Um, and, and her display essentially attempted to connect Christianity with various oppressions in United States history. Um, and, and what was more shocking than that um, was the fact that she labeled things like being able to have a Bible study during school lunch or being able to worship freely as examples of Christians having privilege. And, you know, it, it's pretty crazy because those things are, are pretty obviously constitutional rights afforded to everyone, regardless of religion. And unfortunately, it's not much better off campus as the Dodgers recently had these Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence um, attending one of their games where, you know, if you're not familiar with them, their whole thing is mocking Christianity through drag shows. So it's unfortunate to see, and it's definitely not something that other faiths are subjected to. I want to get into that uh, more in a moment, but it does seem like it's mocking Christianity. I don't see them doing this uh, against uh, Muslims or Hindus. Uh, so what else did this professor say? Um, yeah, so this professor... Uh, when it really comes down to it, the professor was accusing Christians of being uh, oppressors because they're in a majority. Um, and that really just shows the um, uh, the double standard when it comes to, to leftward thinking and when it comes to these college campuses that advocate for diversity and, and inclusion, um, because they'll ignore the fact that over 75% of uh, Black Americans and Latino Americans are Christian. Um, and, you know, you know, recently I just had the opportunity to attend a Martin Luther King Jr. Day celebration at uh, my college campus uh, hosted by the Black Student Union, and the minister opened it up with a prayer. And what that reminded me of was that, you know, uh, so many of the people we looked to during the civil rights era were Christians and were motivated by their faith um, to do these things. And, you know, that just shows a double standard in that the left will, you know, cherry pick examples of where they'll criticize Christianity while ignoring things like that. Well, she's a Native American, and there are some concerns about uh, colonization and so forth. Uh, but it seems to me that message should really be put in a journal or written as an article, a thesis or so forth, uh, rather than a display uh, throughout the whole campus, throughout the school year. So how did students react to it? Did any stop to read it? Yeah, it seems like most students just passed by because it is a commuter campus at IEPY. So students just come to you know get an education and go home. Um, but, but what it really just tells you um, is that Christians aren't seen as equal members of the campus community. Um, because the only thing that I could think of, of as coming as a result of that is students being 
made to feel guilty for exercising their constitutional rights. So that's an unfortunate thing that an academic like Charlie Champion Shaw doesn't see the benefit that, you know, Christians having a connection to their faith has, um, especially in such, you know, hard times and transitions as, you know, going to college and, you know, leaving your home for the first time. Jacob, has this had an impact on student attitudes and their treatment of Christians on campus there? Are they hostile, intolerant, indifferent? How has it affected them? Yeah, I would say for the most part, uh, you're fine as a Christian as long as you're, you know, quiet and you go along with the flow. But if you try to advocate for your beliefs, then, you know, you're going to be discriminated against in some degree. Um, and if you wanted to put up a sign, for example, that advocated for a Christian belief, it would definitely get taken down. While things like this, you know, get to display the whole year. Of course, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, you mentioned, they're set to be honored at an L.A. Dodgers game as they celebrate Gay Pride Month. Tell us your thoughts on that one. Right. So I, I think it's just an example of, you know, um, Christians. Um, it's OK to mock Christians, but it's not OK to mock anyone else. Um, it, it's OK, you know, to have, you know, these beliefs as long as you're silent about them. Um, and wh what you see is that, you know, the culture will will bend down for anyone else besides Christians, because like I said, we're considered a majority um, and, and we're the oppressors. So it's unfortunate to see that. And in October 2020, police arrested five people for felony vandalism for destroying a statue at Mission San Rafael, California. Late last month, the Marin County DA reduced the charges to misdemeanors. They have to apologize, pay an undisclosed amount of restitution. Your thoughts on that decision? Yeah, so I think that, again, it's an example of, you know, bias. So, you know, some people get treated differently than others uh, because of their their beliefs. So if you had the same thing happening with like a pride display or something, I'm, I'm sure that it would be the exact opposite. And, you know, people would try to uh, get the, the harshest sentence possible in that case. Yeah, so if it was a statue at a uh, Planned Parenthood building or something, I think they would uh, be in jail now. Okay, campus reform correspondent Jacob Stewart, thank you for setting us straight today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It seems we now have a month for everything here in the United States. Black History Month, Cancer Awareness Month, Women's History Month, and even Zombie Awareness Month. Everybody, everything gets a month. And June is LGBT Pride Month. This year, police arrested a Christian man exercising his right to free speech on a public sidewalk at a pride rally in Redding, Pennsylvania. Damon Atkins explained to Faithwire's Dan Andros what happened when he encountered the police officer who arrested him. I was going to say God is not the author of confusion. And soon as I said God, he was on me. But I, I just showed up. So and I didn't come here to throw my the sign says Jesus says go and sin no more. I'm not mad or aggressive with anyone across the street. I am aggressive towards sin. And that is it. I want everyone to know, including my brothers and sisters, my best friends, everyone here, you cannot live in willful sin. It's almost like I felt like it was the enemy telling me you're not you're going to be quiet. And I just felt like I, I thought of the First Amendment. It popped in my head like, no, sir, this is public property. I'm not being rude. I'm just here to spread the gospel, the good news. Jesus Christ saved me and he can save everyone, including the officer. Atkins admits he's still new in his faith. He's learning. And the lesson for him, don't show up at a gay pride rally with a sin sign and speak from your heart. You can't do that in Reading, Pennsylvania, because you might offend someone.
Folks, this arrest is outrageous. In America, we have a constitutional right to free speech. It's called the First Amendment. Atkins was not violent. He remained across the street from the demonstrators, yet he's now charged with criminal disorderly conduct and engaged in fighting. He says he's a street preacher who shares his message with people throughout the city, gay and straight. Yes, his methods may not be the ones I or other Christians might choose for sharing the gospel. I prefer establishing relationships with people, getting to know them, finding out what's going on in their lives, and then sharing how a relationship with Christ has changed me. Nevertheless, the world needs street preachers like Atkins, who unashamedly proclaim words of truth to bring conviction. All of us sin and fall short of the glory of God. Atkins knows that, and he wants to share it with the public. He says he loves everyone as Jesus loves them, and he only wants people to know that they can't keep sinning and also keep Jesus. It sounds like he's delivering a pretty simple gospel message, doesn't it? Meanwhile, the Human Rights Campaign has declared a state of emergency for LGBTQ Americans and their families because 75 anti-LGBTQ bills have been signed into law by states across the country. Folks, this is a great way to raise money, isn't it? Scare people into thinking that their rights are being stolen away from them by MAGA Republicans. Not true. No one is taking rights away from LGBTQ Americans. Federal law protects gays at their places of employment. They can marry. They can even perform in drag shows if they want to, just not in front of the kids uh, in most places. And most of these laws protect young children from gay porn textbooks in school libraries and gender identity indoctrination in the classroom. Other laws prohibit gender reassignment surgeries and puberty-blocking hormones for minors. Most Americans prefer to let children make huge, life-altering decisions once they become mature adults. As for Atkins, the Pennsylvania street preacher, he's searching for a Christian legal group to help defend him. He's scheduled to appear before a judge on June 16th. The rest of us, all of us, will stand in judgment on the last day. And I'm glad when my day comes, I'll have the best advocate ever, one that I found 50 years ago. His name, Jesus Christ. Well, that's it today from the Global Lane. Be sure to follow us on the CBN News and NRB channels, YouTube, Twitter, iTunes, and on broadcast affiliates worldwide. And until next time, be blessed.